Good evening and welcome once again to another episode of the Friday Night Parkdale Special. I'm your host Joyrider coming to you live from the Dollhouse in downtown Toronto with my feline co-hosts Chatty G, Silent J, and Floofmaster Toby. And this is episode 115. Three weeks ago, Dave Smith passed away at the age of 72 after complications related to a heart attack. And while I had wanted to do a memorial episode for him right on the spot, I knew I didn't have enough time to do it properly. And I was already really deep into the work on the Cold War episodes. I promised that we would come back to it, and tonight, that's what we're doing. This will be another multi-part episode. Much like Dr. Moog, Dave Smith's influence on music was huge. Not only did Dave Smith invent the first polyphonic synthesizer that could be programmed and it would remember that programming, he would also collaborate with industry giants Tom Oberheim and Ikutaro Kakehashi of Roland to create a language that would allow instruments produced by different companies to talk to one another. That's MIDI, which is still used today. And that only covers what he did in the 1970s and early 80s. He went on to work with Yamaha and then Korg and later developed the first software-based synthesizer. He would collaborate again with Oberheim in the early aughts on a synthesizer called the OB6 around the time that he founded a new company under his own name, having lost the sequential circuits name to Yamaha. Under Dave Smith Instruments, he revived sequential circuits and brought the Prophet series back to life, releasing a new version of the classic Prophet 5 on his 70th birthday. Dave Smith was a music lover his whole life, playing multiple instruments throughout his childhood and his youth. He was fascinated by the Moog when it came out, and given his study of computer science and electrical engineering, as well as his interest in the sounds on Wendy Carlos's album Switched on Bach, he ended up building his own sequencer, which would allow him to save the patterns that he created on his own mini Moog. Over the subsequent decade, he would connect with John Bowen, who at the time was the first Moog clinician in 1973, and the two would collaborate on building their first sequencer and programmer. These initial builds led to the Prophet 5, so named for its five voices. There would later be a Prophet 10, which was basically two P5s stacked together, and then after that, the P600 would follow, along with other iterations, but none of them would ever receive the kind of fame and love that the P5 did. There were multiple revisions of the original Prophet 5. Version 1 was pretty shaky. It was quickly assembled and didn't always hold up. Version 2 was more stable and included the ability to store patches on cassettes. But the solid-state chipsets would often detune over a period of use, which some contend gave it a warmer, more human sound. The third revision moved from the solid-state chips to the Curtis chipsets, which would not detune over time, but that took away the imperfect quality that so many loved. I haven't been able to find definitive recordings of each revision for side-by-side -side comparison, so I can't say whether or not I agree with that analysis, but I can certainly appreciate the passion with which people speak about that warmth. I get like that about vinyl. Rightly or wrongly, there's a romance to that imperfection. In total, 
there were somewhere between six and eight thousand of the original Prophet Fives made, and the bulk of those were Revision Threes. Less than 200 of the Revision Ones ever existed. The timber of the chipsets aside, if you want one of those original Prophet Fives, any of those six or eight thousand of them, you can expect to pay easily $12,000 Canadian. They're collector's items now, and even broken ones will go for thousands because in the right hands, they can be restored to like new or better. A quote now from an omnibus on synthesizers written by Julian Kolbeck. The Prophet 5 was the world's first sexy synthesizer. It looked sexy, it sounded sexy. Before the Prophet 5, synths had always looked complicated. Design, if companies ever even took up the issue, was based upon practicality or an appeal to the gadget freak. Then along comes this instrument out of nowhere from a company most people have never heard of looking for all the world like it stepped out of a Bang & Olufsen catalog. Nice wood, ultra smooth panel hardware, whoa and it sounds killer too? With memories? Who cares what it costs? Gimme one. I have to be frank here, I don't know a ton about synthesizers. I've never played one. I don't think I could tell you what the difference between a Korg and an ARP is. Uh, the closest I've ever come was a Yamaha Clavinova, and it definitely had some Dave Smith work in it, but nowhere near the flexibility that a real synth does. And until I sat down to do this show, I wasn't sure that I could pick out the sound of a Prophet 5 in a song. I knew Howard Jones had played one. I read it in the liner notes as a kid. I had no idea what it meant, but it sure sounded cool. So I did something this week that I wished I had done for the Moog episodes, and I found a couple of demo videos of people noodling with their Prophet Fives, so we can listen together and know what we're listening for during these episodes. The best one that I found is by a guy on YouTube who goes by the name Dr. Mix. The entire video is worth watching. It's clear he's having a blast with it. But for the sake of time, I'm going to play an edited version that will give us a sense of the key sounds we're going to be on the listen for. From Dr. Mix, this is his video on Prophet 5's famous preset sounds. Hi, and welcome to Dr. Mix. Today I'm going to show you some famous presets of the Prophet 5. If you happen to have one, there is a little procedure that you need to do in order to go through the um, uh, factory presets, and that's holding bank select, like this, and then hit on number 2, or number 3. So I'm going to start with number 2. Now this is special.
play this for hours. Two, three, four. This is so fat, it's scary. Ooh, organ. Actually, pretty realistic. Such a beautiful dynamic range. Okay. Thank you. 
you see what I mean. His enjoyment of the instrument is infectious. Because there's so much material that uses the Prophet series synthesizers, there will be three parts to this series. Tonight, we're going to cover the early work done in experimental and ambient music, along with soundtracks and a little bit of jazz and hip-hop. Next week, we'll be looking at early pop, and the third week, we're going to cover the resurgence of the Prophet series. We're going to get started tonight with a track by The Weather Report, which is one of the earliest recorded uses of the Prophet 5. This, from 1978's album Mr. Gone, is The Weather Report, and their song, Young and Fine.
Tonight we're going to hear from a couple former members of the band Yes. Up first, we've got one from Bill Bruford, who not only performed with Yes for a number of years, he also worked with King Crimson and toured with Genesis before going solo. From his solo album, One of a Kind, this is Bill Bruford's 1979 track, Forever Until Sunday.
I said we were going to hear from multiple members of Yes, and I wasn't kidding. Up next, we've got one from Rick Wakeman, who was also with Yes for a number of years. He was the keyboardist, Bill Burford was the drummer, and from Rick Wakeman's 79 solo album, Rhapsodies, this track, appropriately, is called Summertime. Thank you. 
It's interesting that you can definitely hear which instrument was their primary focus in the band, yes, based on those two tracks and their differences. Up next, we've got one from a perennial favorite of mine, Giorgio Moroder, and this is actually taken from the 1980 soundtrack for American Gigolo. This track by Giorgio Moroder is called Night Drive.
I love how he managed to work the theme from Blondie's Call Me into that song, which was also on the soundtrack for American Gigolo. Up next, we have one from another act that we've heard from before. The members, both collectively and singularly, showed up on the City Pop episode a few months ago. From Yellow Magic Orchestra and their 1981 album YMO, this is 1000 Knives.
The next artist we're going to hear from had a very short life, which is quite sad because he is considered one of the fathers of high energy. And he was actually a contemporary of Giorgio Moroder. His name was Patrick Cowley, and he was born in October of 1950. And he actually toured with Sylvester during the late 70s and early 80s. And he was gay and ended up writing a number of club hits that did really well in the gay scene. Unfortunately, one of the outcomes of his being gay during that time was that he contracted AIDS, HIV, and that was the cause of his death. He was on tour with Sylvester. He went to a doctor and the doctor thought he had food poisoning. And over the coming weeks, he just continued to get sicker. Doctors had no idea what was wrong with him. They had no concept at this point of what HIV and AIDS were. And so they sent him home in 1982, and he died in November of that year. This, from 1981, is Patrick Cowley's Megatron Man.
can see him being a perfect match for Sylvester. And apparently, Cowley also did a really well-loved remix of Donna Summer's I Feel Love. I haven't heard it, but I'm going to have to look it up after this. Up next, we have one from PhD, who were a British group known for this next track that I'm going to play for you. The name PhD actually comes from the first letters of the last names of the three founding members, Phillips, Hymas, and Diamond. They have been described alternately as New Wave, Synth Pop, Pop Rock, and Blue Eyed Soul. And definitely this one, you can hear that Blue Eyed Soul sound. From 1981, this is PhD's I Won't Let You Down.
Up next, we have another one from an artist we've heard from before, from 1981's Computer World. This is Kraftwerk's Computer Love.
Craftwork is one of those acts that I think I will forever be saddened that I didn't see live when they were still all alive. Up next, we have a piece from Haiji. We have a piece from a musician who it's impossible to not have heard of if you were alive at any point during the 80s. John Carpenter is known for his soundtracks, not the least of which is Halloween. There was also The Thing, Christine, Big Trouble in Little China, They Live, and Vampires, and this next movie. This is from 1981, the main title for Escape from New York.
sticking with soundtracks for a little while longer, we have up next one from a movie called Koyaanisqatsi. And if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend taking the time to find it and watch it. The title to quote from Philip Glass's website is a Hopi word meaning life out of balance. The sequences were filmed between 1975 and 1982 and again still quoting from Philip Glass's website the film is an apocalyptic vision of the collision of two different worlds urban life and technology versus the environment. This from 1982 is the title track, Koyaanisqatsi.
if I remember correctly, there are actually three movies in that series, and all of them are very much worth watching. I, I think I saw at least one at the Bloor Cinema back in the 90s. Up next, one more from a soundtrack, this time from the Blade Runner soundtrack, which also came out in 1982. This, from Vangelis, is Rachel's song. Thank you. 
I hadn't realized, and I feel like a bit of a jerk for not having realized, he actually passed away about five weeks ago after multiple health issues that were aggravated and complicated by COVID. That really sucks. He was 79 when he passed away. Up next, we have one from another very well-known artist whose work is hard to categorize. He's most well-known, of course, for Tubular Bells, but this is from an album he put out in 1982 called Five Miles Out. This is the title track from that album. This is Mike Oldfield's Five Miles Out.
Up next, we have another from one of my perennial favorites from Jean-Michel Jarre and his album, The Concerts in China. This is Fishing Junks at Sunset.
Up next, we have a bit of a change of pace. This one is from Grandmaster Flash. It's a seven inch radio version of Grandmaster Flash's The Message. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. My brother's doing fast on my mother's TV. Says she watches too much, it's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night. Can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bum education, double digit inflation. Can't take the train to the job, there's a strike at the station. Me on King Kong, standing on my back, can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac, a mid range migraine, cancer membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane, I swear I might hijack a plane. Don't push me, call, I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song of deep hate. The places you play and where you stay looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire all the number book takers, thugs, pimps, and pushers, and the big money makers. Driving big cars, spending 20s and 10s, and you want to grow up to be just like them. <laughs> Smugglers, scramblers, burglars, gamblers, pickpockets. Peddlers, even panhandlers You say I'm cool, I'm no fool But then you wind up dropping out of high school Now you're unemployed, all non-void Walking around like your pretty boy Floyd Turned stick up kid, but look what you done did Got sent up for an eight year bid Now your manhood is took and you're a make tag Spend the next two years as an undercover fag Being used and abused to serve like hell To one day you was found hung dead in the cell But now your eyes sing the sad sad song Of how you live so fast and die so young so don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under <laughs> Up next, we have a collaboration between Ryuchi Sakamoto and David Sylvian. This is from 1983, and it's titled Forbidden Colors. Thank you. 
hands on your hands Never seem to All I needed was to
Next up from another act that we've heard from before on this show, we've got one from Tangerine Dream. This is from their 1983 album called Hyperborea. It's titled, The Dream is Always the Same.
rounding into the last three tracks of the night and this next one is from Ralph Towner who has worked with a band called Oregon for many decades as well as doing his own material and doing the occasional guest performance with bands like The Weather Report who we heard from at the top of the show. This is from his 1983 album titled Blue Sun. This is the title track from that. This is Ralph Towner's Blue Sun.
Our second last track for the night comes to us from a band called Midnight Star, which formed in 1976. The keyboardist got himself a Prophet 5 at a certain point, and this next song was the result of his efforts with that synthesizer. This is Midnight Star's Operator. Would someone please hang that phone up?
last song for the night is another from a soundtrack, this time The Terminator. Brad Fiedel was very into his Prophet 10 when he got it, and the entire soundtrack is replete with the sound of it. This is the main theme from Terminator, which came out in 1984.
And that's our show for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you share some of your week with me. If you'd like to support the show, go to thefnps.com. All the social media links are at the top right, including my coffee link and the show's Patreon link. Patrons get access to my scratch pad, as well as early notice of bonus shows and some fun merch, as well as access to the private Brown Bag Wednesday stream, which all the hardware, I think, has come in. So now it's just a matter of assembling the streaming tower and then it shall come to fruition. Whether short-term or long-term support, your coins help me pay for hosting, streaming, and new tunes to keep the show both on the air and fresh. There's also a suggestion box on the site, so if you have show ideas, drop them in there. I look forward to hearing them. As always, be well and stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.